So um, I, I was on a ministry trip here recently, and um, I, I had a really strong feeling to ask everybody to pray for me. And it was I was coming home from my daughter's in West Virginia. And just, you know, sometimes how you have a feeling of impending doom. Well, you don't receive that stuff. Let me tell you what. You just ask for prayer and you keep on going. And so I hurt my knees, so that's why I was having a little bit of a struggle getting up over there. But I still keep on going. I just kind of figure if you let anything start stopping you, it'll never stop stopping you. <laughs> so don't let it start. <laughs> and you just keep on going. And you can hurt just as bad going and doing whatever you're called to do as you can at home, so you might as well go do what you're called to do and not let the enemy stop you. That's just what I figure. So when David was talking about how it just seems like, you know, all of hell has just broke loose, and I sat there and I thought, well, you know, God's not going to be outdone. <laughs> so if all of hell breaks loose, watch out because all of heaven's about to. <laughs> and um, I remember a dear friend of mine from years ago, she said, she said to me, Joni, what's the opposite of God? And I said, the devil. And she said, no, listen to me. What's the opposite of God? So I thought, well, maybe she wants me to use another name. Uh, I said, Lucifer. She said, no, think about it. What's the opposite of God? And I said, you know, obviously I'm not giving you the answer you want, so why don't you just tell me? And she said, there is no opposite of God, because if there was, there'd be two gods and there's only one. And she said, you need to put things in perspective, honey. She said, <laughs> she says, because Lucifer, Satan, he's just a fallen angel. Okay, God's higher than he is. And Satan may have power, but God is power. <laughs> and so, you know, we need to realize that he's the, God is the ultimate power. And, and so just kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm not really a sadist, but I kind of get excited when I get into a trial anymore because I realize that God's word promises that I'm going to win. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to win, I just know I'm going to win, <laughs> Okay. And so in that, I'm about to get another testimony. I love what Rick Joyner says. In the very areas where you've been wounded, once you're healed, you then have authority to heal others. Okay, so it's like I might be crying at the moment, but I'm just like, you know what, enemy? You're such an idiot. You don't know what you're doing is you're just handing me another area of authority because I am going to win. <laughs> and I believe that there's been a lot of people that have come here that have had big dreams. I mean, I know that in the natural. I was actually talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and I said, uh, you know what, this place has been the land of broken dreams. And, and I said, but I really feel like something's about to happen. And then this morning, there were some people out in the hallway talking, and a lady was saying some different things like that. And I just, I just, I don't even know who she was. She was she's in here somewhere. And I just said, well, you know what? Yes, this has been the land of broken dreams, but it's about to be um, the land of fulfilled dreams. <laughs> and I feel like that, you know, God, God's up to something all over the earth. But there are different places um, where I believe that there have been promises made that people have, have come and fought for that we're about to see him break loose, and, and this is one of them. And, you know, it's no coincidence, by the way, I wanted to share this with you all. Um, this weekend is a weekend of a wolf blood moon and an eclipse. Well, folks, it's also the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Okay, and I don't believe that there's any coincidences. And I, I think that 
I really believe in my heart that there's been enough years allowing the wolf to drink the blood of our children. And I feel like it, that's a prophetic sign. We have people in place right now, even in the Supreme Court, that are truly battling for Roe versus Wade to be overturned. So why do you think that there's such a battle, even with our, our country, regarding our president? Because you, he's, I believe he's one of the ones God is going to use to help to overturn that. And in the name of Jesus, it will be overturned. And, and I believe that this is the time and season we're going to see it happen. So I was, um, again, on a ministry trip recently, and where I was at, a 4.4 earthquake occurred right above where I was staying at. And it actually woke me out of a sound sleep. Um, I was in Alabama. A friend of mine was, uh, that was living in, uh, near the Atlanta area, it shook them so bad over there that it, it shook them out of their beds. It had happened up in Tennessee, and it was a 4.4. And, you know, Bob Jones was my spiritual papa. I, was, I attended meetings in his home for five years every Wednesday, and, and he is the one that helped me to understand that you pay attention to numbers because a lot of times the numbers you're seeing or things that are occurring number-wise, um, they kind of reflect a scripture that you're supposed to look up. So I started looking up all the four, four fours in the Bible, and I came upon this one, and I felt like it, I mean, it just like almost knocked me down. It so describes what's going on. Now, you, we all know that Trump is being called today's Cyrus, today's King Cyrus. Well, listen to this, and you're going to hear exactly what's going on in our country today with our Cyrus. It says, the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. Well, we're the people of Judah. Judah means praise. All right. They troubled them in building, and listen to this. Doesn't this sound familiar? Because this is what's going on. They hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. Get this, all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And so I said, oh, gosh, Lord, <laughs> thanks. What an encouragement. We're going to have to go through this all the days <laughs> that Trump is president. <laughs> but may they be many <laughs> in Jesus' name. You know, the Lord told me many years ago that Trump was going to be president. I watched him on television um, even in the 90s and then watched him when he did The Apprentice. And every time I saw him at the desk on The Apprentice, instantly I'd have a flash vision of him at the desk in the Oval Office. And the Lord spoke to me and he says, one day he will be president and he will be one of the best presidents America has ever had. And I wrote to him and told him. And then um, during the time period that, um, uh, oh, what's his name? He just, McCain. McCain was running for president with Sarah Palin as his running mate. Uh, that was during the time period that I was going to Bob Jones's house for meetings. And I went there uh, early one day, and Bob says to me, so are you tired of all the, the commercials about the election yet? And I said, yeah, I'll be glad when this one's over with. And he said, so who do you think ought to be president? And I looked at him, because <laughs> I really wanted to see his reaction to this one, you know. And, and I said, you really want to know? And he goes, I wouldn't ask you if I didn't want to know. <laughs> and I looked him straight in the eyes and I said, Donald Trump. And he goes, Donald Trump? Donald Trump? And he says, Papa, 
Well, when he did that, you know, it was kind of like Elvis has left the building. <laughs> he was up there talking to Papa, and he was like that for a few minutes, and he comes back down, and he does his Santa Claus belly laugh, and he goes, yep, yep, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. He'll be the only one that'll be able to beat old Hillary. So when Trump announced that he was running, I knew he was going to win because he was against old Hillary. I'm just saying. And, and so I know that, you know, Trump is our man for the hour. And I don't really care if anybody likes me saying that or not because I want to be on the right side. <laughs> and besides that, there were, I, I just went through eight years of it being somebody I didn't like. So, <laughs> so there. <laughs> you got to put up with mine now if you don't like him. <laughs> So I feel like that the Lord said that um, this is a time, again, where we're going to see some dreams fulfilled that, that we haven't seen fulfilled before. And, you know, I had that happen for me in my own life in a, a really big way recently. And uh, I have a verse for you right here. And this talks about what's been going on for each and every one of us. So some of you may have been here, you know, a whole long time. You came here for what you thought was going to happen and hasn't happened and everything. Well, you know what? That just means you're another day, week, month, or year closer to it happening. Don't give up. Every day that goes by, you're that much closer to it happening. Be patient. You know, the Word of God says, in our patience, we possess our souls. <laughs> now, that's pretty powerful. You know, and when people got impatient before, you know, uh, it caused a lot of trouble. That's even where terrorism comes from in this day. You know, we, we uh, think a lot of times that we uh, maybe missed it and maybe we ought to just go ahead and settle for something else other than what God has for us but or other than what we thought God had for us. But it's really our own impatience trying to take over. And again, it's... Our impatience, you know, uh, it can cost us our souls, literally. It can cost us our lives. And there's so many people, even young people, I try to tell them, be patient, wait for the right mate, don't marry the wrong one, uh, because, you know, you'll, you'll be sorry. <laughs> you don't want the Ishmael instead of the Isaac. Again, that's where our whole terrorist uh, cells and everything are coming from, is that generation. And what happens is, in the waiting time, it's when you're being prepared. It says in Second Chronicles 29, 35, and 36. So the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place so suddenly. So all that God is doing in you, he's been preparing you for the suddenly. And I want to talk to you a little bit about a suddenly. A suddenly doesn't mean it's going to happen without you ever having known it was going to in the first place. When I was 17 years old, which is, well, not that long ago since David was there when I was born, and that was only 30 years ago. <laughs> okay, I'll tell the truth. I'm 64 years old. Okay, when I was 17, I graduated high school, and I put in my yearbook that I wanted to be a published author. Well, about uh, 46 years later, it happened. <laughs> and it was a suddenly. I had been writing articles for a long time. My articles have been like on Charisma Online, and you know, you all have read them on the Morning Star publications and so forth, as well as my own uh, newsletters and so forth. And I, as I was ministering and traveling across the country, God began to show me with people that He was working behind the scenes to do things that that they had been trusting Him for. 
I would literally see angels as I was ministering over someone, and I would see them working on things in heaven be behind this person. I would say, God is working behind the scenes to do what you've asked him. Don't give up. You know, don't give in to the enemy. Well, that's what was happening for me, and I didn't know it. But I was trying two years ago to both finish my doctorate in theology as well as to finish writing my book um, about the prophetic. And the Lord told me, put down the book and finish your doctorate. And he said that several times until he very vehemently said, put down the book and finish the doctorate. <laughs> I'll take care of the book once you do that. So I put down the book, I finished the doctorate, and at 62 years old, you know, I hit the reset button and was doing all these things. And two years ago now, I got my doctorate in theology. <laughs> so you're never too old. <laughs> and so, I, you know, you have to do this thesis. It's about this thick. And so I was like on a roll. I was, you know, sitting at my computer just typing away. And I got a phone call from a good friend of mine, James Gall, um, who he and his wife have been friends of mine for many years. She passed away a few years ago. And he said, hey, Joni, I just want you to know to expect a phone call from this friend of mine uh, from Whitaker House. He's the acquisitions director there. And I have been sending them your articles for the past two years, and they like the way you write and want to talk to you about being one of their new authors. And I was like, fake news. doesn't happen that way. <laughs> you know? But it did. And the man talked to me, and he asked me if I had anything book-length that they could consider publishing. I sent it in. We obviously had to do some tweaks. You know, nothing's perfect the first time around. And a year ago, actually this month, a year ago, I got the contract, and my book came out this past October 2nd. It was a suddenly of something I'd waited a long time for. Now, let me tell you what. Um, I had been been writing that book for 22 years because for 22 years I was traveling and teaching and activating people in prophetic ministry as well as learning more ab about it myself. And a lot of times people tried to convince me to go ahead and, and do a book and um, with, with the notes and so forth that I had. But you know, I knew it wasn't complete. I knew it wasn't ready. It's like waiting for a baby that's fully formed. And, and you, you want to wait until they're as fully formed as possible so they have the best chance as possible to be able to really make it. The Lord actually spoke to me about three types of time. And there's chronological time or chronos time, which is the days, weeks, months, and years on the calendar. All right? And, you know, that's pretty boring. We have to walk through all of that, you know, to get to what we want. But we have to. And, and then there's kairos time. And that's like... Um, well, kind of like a cloudy day and how the clouds are there and all of a sudden the clouds part a little bit and the sun comes through. And as soon as it does that, it goes back together. And that, that Kairos moment is like a moment in time, a moment of opportunity. And sometimes we've got to jump, you know, at that moment and that's when everything comes together. And then uh, there's the fullness of time. And that's probably the hardest to wait for because that is that time period where we wait the full nine months for the baby to be fully formed. We, we wait for whatever it is that God has for us to be fully formed before it, it comes to pass. And so that's going through a lot of that chronological time to wait for that Kairos moment when it comes to pass. But if you wait for that, everything comes together at that very moment. Whatever, whatever's needed, financially, uh, people-wise, whatever's needed, that when, when that fullness of time comes, 
then it just pop, it comes through. And so when the fullness of time came for my book, that's what happened. I didn't have to put out a bunch of money and get 5,000 copies of a book that was going to be put in my garage uh, waiting for, you know, the end times to come when, when we didn't have electricity so I could burn them to keep warm. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Speaking of which, this is like a little side note. Okay, so how many of you have, like, collected some of these end time foods and everything, 20-year shelf life food and all? Wow, y'all are smarter than me. So, um, you know, we heard all this for a long time. Like, we even heard it back for Y2K. So I had collected quite a bit of it. In a, I had actually purchased a storage building, you know, one of those ones that they sell out on the highway. And, and I paid for it every month and got it all paid off. And I was filling this thing up with that stuff. And then I, I left West Virginia, and I left it with my daughter and my son-in-law. Well, a couple years later, they had a flood. Okay? And the flood was so bad, it just floated away that building and all the contents. And I kind of laughed as I thought about it. I thought, you know what? Somewhere, somebody's sitting hungry alongside of a river. And one of those cans of 20-year shelf life food is going to float up to them. <laughs> or going to get caught on one of their fishing lines, and, and they're going to get it. But, yeah, so there we go. You know, he who tries to save his life will lose it. Well, anyway, that was for free. <laughs> But, you know, I believe that there are a lot of things that are happening in the earth right now to us um, that is preparing us so that we'll be ready for all the things that are ahead. And truly, unfortunately, we have to go through things that it's like, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> and I hate that saying. <laughs> I just want to lay hands suddenly on somebody when they tell me that. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> and it would be closely around their third throat area, <laughs> just to say. But, um, you know, it is preparation for the days that are ahead. It's all preparing us for the suddenlies of God that he has for us to experience. And, you know, Haley wasn't at the ladies' meeting yesterday. I'm not saying that to embarrass her. <laughs> Shame on you, Haley. No. <laughs> but it's really important for me to say that before I say what I'm about to say because the message that she had from the Lord during worship this morning about being cautious of the words that you speak and how our words have power is something that we discussed yesterday. And I, I told the story about how God literally helped me find that out. You know, my kids were little. Uh, we were moving. Uh, I had a dog, a hamster, and a lot of stuff. And a friend of mine was helping me move. And we stopped to eat, and that dinner that night seemed to consist of a lot of cheese and everything. Well, my friend Karen was going to take the kids, the stuff, over to the other apartment, and I was going to finish cleaning up. And so I said goodbye to everybody. I patted the dog on the head, hugged the kids, and reached in Harry the hamster. Harry was a long-haired hamster, kind of like Sasquatch, you know, that, like I told the ladies yesterday, got hit with the honey, I shrunk the kids gun. He was like about this high, but long-haired reached my finger in, never thinking about I had been touching cheese, and Harry smelled cheese on my finger, and uh, he chomped down so hard that I could feel his tooth go all the way to my bone. And he would let go. And I'm like, let go, let go. Well, suddenly my son reaches in with an actual piece of cheese, and Harry let go of my finger and grabbed the cheese. And I got so mad, I pointed my finger at him, and I said, you're dead meat, buster. <laughs> I don't like that. And so my friend Karen left with the animals and, and the kids. And, 
And a little while later, as I'm vacuuming the floor, I hear the phone ring, and I stopped, and I answered it, and it's Karen. And, and I said, Karen, why do you sound so breathless? And she says, well, first of all, she says, the kids are okay, and I'm okay, but we had a little accident. And I said, well, if everybody's okay, how come I hear the kids crying in the background? And she said, well, we were at Park Road in 51, and we had to make a quick stop uh, because the guy in front of us stopped quick. And when we did, the woman behind us didn't notice that we'd stopped, and she, she rear-ended us, and the hamster cage tipped over, Harry fell out, and the television fell on top of him. And Harry's dead. And my kids are screaming in the background, You did it, Mom! You cursed him with your words! You said he was dead meat, and he is! <laughs> and well, that's kind of a little bit funny, but it was frightening to me. Because I'm like, Oh dear Jesus, life and death truly are in the power of the tongue. Listen, so many times we do curse ourselves with our words. And we kill what it is that God has for us. There is power in our tongues. God has made us that way. He formed the world with his words. And we can form our world with our words. And so I'm just telling you, quit word cursing what God has called you to. Quit word cursing the area that you've been called to. Quit word cursing the thing that he's called you to. And, and begin to speak life. You know, there's times that stuff slips out of my mouth and I just have to go, Oh, I rebuke me in Jesus' name, you know, <laughs> and Lord, forgive me, and I just have to repent, and then I speak something righteous, like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is really funny, because David mentioned that, and I had put on that exact necklace scripture uh, this morning, too, and because we can do all things through God who strengthens us, through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, and this is a time period where it's going to be very, very important. I agree totally with that word that was spoken this morning, where our words are going to count. Don't come into agreement, by the way, with, um, excuse me, I'm going to, I have a little seat here now. My knees have had enough. Don't come into agreement, by the way, with some of those things that are being put out over the Internet about President Trump. You know? Uh, you see something that starts speaking some kind of word curses, over him, and you just say, lay your hand on him, you say, I just rebuke that, I bind it, and I render it helpless in Jesus' name, and I say the opposite is what's going to happen. You know, when I have specific things like that happen, where I have dreams, or where I have a vision, or a thought come to me, I start praying, and it's one of the things, again, that I, I learned even from Bob Jones. When God gives you a dream, it doesn't have to come to pass. <laughs> you have the authority in the name of Jesus to cancel that assignment. And I even share about that in my book. Um, it, he's showing us what Satan's plans are. But again, you know, Satan may have plans, but God has better plans than him. <laughs> and so you say, I cancel those plans right now in Jesus' name, and instead I speak hope and faith and, and you know, all kinds of good, good things. Listen, there are times when I've had dreams about earthquakes or other kinds of things, and the one thing I learned is that even if we don't exactly cancel what happens, a lot of times it lessens the, the power, lessens the devastation that might happen in a situation like that. But we've got to stop coming into agreement with these things that are put out. And, and as prophetic people, we've got to not want to be happy that something like that would come to pass just so that we can be right. I would rather be wrong... <laughs> And, and have 
good things, good God things happen. And I think that a lot of things that we go through are of our own making because either one, one if we're the ones speaking it, you know, we want to be the big cheese that it comes to pass through, or two, we just don't have the wisdom and knowledge to know, hey, we can cancel that assignment. We do not have to receive it. Listen, I've even had people come up to me personally and speak words over me that were deadly words. And I had to learn to stand up to them and say, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. That's not from the Lord, and we can cancel that assignment. I had one lady um, in a, I was going to say the city, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, there was a lady in a certain city, <laughs> and her husband came up to me, and he said, my wife, when she dreams that somebody's going to die, they die. And I said, really? He said, oh, yeah, it's happened time and time again. And he just looked scared. And I said, well, why do you look so scared? He says, well, I just wanted to say goodbye to you because now she's dreamed I'm going to die. So I'm going to die. And I said, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. That is what's called a cyclical, in other words, cycle type of a curse. And where's your wife? I want to talk to her because God showed her the enemy's plan, but that does not have to happen. So he called her up, and I told her that. And she rebuked me, and she said, when I dream something like that, it happens. And she turned around uh, real quick on her heel and stormed off because she wanted to be right. And the guy said, she's right, you know. And he turned around and walked away. You want to know what? He's dead. We don't have to receive that stuff. There was a lady in Florida that did that with me, and she wanted me to buy supplements that she sold. It was manipulation. That's control, manipulation, which is witchcraft. And she said, if you don't take this stuff, you'll die. And I said, um, that's control, that's manipulation, and that's witchcraft. And, and I'm, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. And every time I came, she'd bring me some kind of a note about that kind of thing. And I, I just kept telling her, I refuse it, I refuse it. And you know what? That woman's dead. And I'm telling you, we've got to watch the words we speak because a lot of times, too, those kind of words will come back on us. And so all of that to say it's so important what we speak about America in this time period because God has spared America big time. And we are going through a rough time, you know, even like that scripture that I read you. But we can fight our way through it to victory to the other side. And we can see the things, the plans that God has come to pass. And I feel like God is saying to us, trust me, trust me, and you'll see what I have said come to pass. Um, the, he says, the things that I'm doing behind the scenes that you don't see are preparing for the miracles. So there, there are things that have happened um, in the natural recently that are a bit frightening. You know, when we had the big earthquake down in Mexico, I believe it was about a year ago, it broke the tectonic plate that goes up along the coast of California. It broke it down the bottom. And since then, there's been a lot of larger quakes all along that Pacific Ridge there, that ring of fire. Well, excuse me. Well, when we had the quake up in Alaska this past fall, um, what happened is, is that there's a plate that goes this way, and, and the plate in California goes this way, and it was so strong that it broke that plate. So what's happening is, the plate in California is like a teeter-totter now. It's going like this because it's not connected at this end or at this end. But you know what? We can pray. We can pray. God's word tells us that he can heal our land. You know, and what does it say? Well, let me just read it to you here. He says, 
in, hang on, 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. And the Lord showed me that he can literally heal our land. He can take the lava from a volcano and run it through the faults, fault lines in the earth, like welding material, and heal our land. And so we don't have to accept even what we see in the natural like that, but we can pray, and, and our nation can repent, and we can see these things turned for the good. And, you know, again, we don't know how. <laughs> just like I said, I don't know how I'm going to win these different situations, but we just know that we can win, and that's up to God how. But, you know, the governments of the world are being set up for the final battle. And I just want to say this because I, d I don't want to, you know, tip us wrong in either direction. What the Word of God says is going to happen is going to happen. You know, one day there's going to be an Armageddon. One day uh, we're going to see these things occur. But I'm not one of these that cries out, oh, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Because I know that there's people that need to come into the kingdom yet. And so my prayer is, Lord, please hold off just a little while longer till some of these come in that I know should be coming into the kingdom. I have a son that has been, you know, away from the Lord uh, many times, and I'm just like, God, please, I know your promises. I know what you spoke through Bob Jones and Rick Joyner and Paul Kane over my son, and I want to see him come into the fullness. And, and while I'm alive, you know, just like the scripture says, I would have lost heart unless I would, had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And by golly, I'm not going to die before I see it. I'm going to see it happen in Jesus' name. And, and I'm going to see it come to pass with my own eyes. And I believe that it's time for us to, you know, be adamant in that way. Instead of, like I heard one person say, they said, well, I, I really... You know, I said, you need to speak more positive. And they said, well, I'm really positive this stuff is going to happen. I'm like, I'm not talking about that, you know. Um, and, and again, uh, I don't want to take us off balance because there are things the word says are going to happen that are going to happen. Um, but we, our prayers can hold some of that back. And our prayers can bring a lot of other people into the kingdom in the meanwhile. So we know that there have been quite a few different natural disturbances, shall we say. There have been um, the volcanoes that occurred over in Hawaii. Uh, there's the fires in California. Uh, there are all these tornadoes and so forth, and as well as the recent hurricanes that we had last year and so forth. And so on a ministry trip I was on, I finished a meeting and I got back to the hotel room that night and I, I did the things we women do, you know, I was taking my makeup off, I was preparing for bed and I'm one of these people that I lay out all my clothes the night before, <laughs> all, all those things to be ready for the next morning. And as I was doing that I had television on and I think it was Nightline that was on, it was one of those late night programs and they were saying, a lot of people are saying there sure are a lot of things that have been happening like all together, like these earthquakes and, and these uh, volcanoes and so forth. And so they started picturing them on, on the news and the fires. What was really interesting is they had drones that they were using that were going down close to these things, and you could actually hear what was going on. Like when they went down over the volcanoes, you could hear the bubbling of it. And when they went to where the volcano, the volcanic lava was going out into the ocean, you could hear it go, Psh, as, it, as it went into the ocean. 
And I was just fascinated by this. I mean, I was just standing there in front of the television looking, and when they went to the fires in California, you could hear the crackling of the fire. You could hear trees crashing to the ground. You could hear animals screeching as they were running out of the forest and everything. And then there was like this fire NATO, which is like a tornado of fire, and you could hear it whirring and everything. And, and then the next thing was they went to this scene where it was, I, I don't remember what country it was, but they, they were speaking English. It was two newscasters, and they were talking, and all of a sudden you hear this roar start to come, and the newscasters are looking at each other, and the lady says, I'm so sorry, we've got some kind of problem with our sound. Can you guys take care of that? And I mean, it was like all of about three, four, five seconds that she was talking, and then all of a sudden her desk began to shake and a chandelier fell or some kind of a lamp fell from the ceiling down onto the desk and she and her friend went under the desk. Here it was an earthquake, but you could hear the roar of it before you ever actually saw it shake and begin to happen. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, oh my gosh. And he said, did you hear that? And I said, yes, I did. He says, no, did you hear what it was saying? And I, I said, I thought he meant the newscasters. He said, no, did you hear what those things that were happening were saying? And, and he said, you know, and he gave me the scripture where it says that the earth itself is groaning for the sons of God to take their rightful place. He said, did you hear what the earth was saying? And I was like, no, Lord, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, I didn't. Well, all of a sudden I go into this prophetic experience and this whole thing is repeated, but this time as, and I got goosebumps even telling you about this time, as I'm hearing and seeing the lava coming up out of the earth and seeing the fires and, and hearing the earthquake and everything, I'm hearing in English, it's being translated to me in English, what it's saying. And it was something like this. And it went on for about 20 minutes, many different things. Rise up, sons and daughters of God. Rise up. We ourselves will be set free as you are set free. Rise up. Stand in your authority. Take your authority. Don't let these things come to pass. Rise up. Rise up. You don't have to succumb to this. Rise up. And again, as you are set free, we will be set free as well. And, I was, and when I came out of it, I was like, oh, God, am I crazy or what? And he said, doesn't my word say that even the trees of the field will clap their hands. <laughs> and so I'm telling you, even the earth itself is groaning and crying out for us and applauding us and cheering us on, as are the saints from the balconies of heaven, and cheering us on to fulfill what it is that we've been called to. But I'm going to tell you what our biggest hindrance is. It's our mind. It's the way that we think. And sometimes we're programmed to think the way that we think, even by what we watch on television. I was sharing with the ladies yesterday. It made me so mad in recent years to watch television and see how these different, even comedy programs, are trying to disgrace and belittle men. Make men look like a bunch of idiots. You know, like that they can't make a right decision. And, and there's some of them I was watching and I actually laughed at it. And then all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, they're cursing men. And then in recent time, as we've seen how that men all over the earth, especially here in America, especially uh, men that um, like 
Kavanaugh and, and Trump who are trying to do what God has called them to and how they're being disgraced uh, by the enemy and by the words that are spoken. And I said, God, what is this? What's going on? And he says, don't you remember what happened with Moses and with Jesus? When it was known that a deliverer was born, they, were, they tried to kill them off. And he says, but the thing is, there are many deliverers that are alive that have passed beneath the radar and are in position now to make a difference. And therefore, the enemy is trying to take them out. And he says, but I'm telling you something. There's about to arise an awesome move of men. He says, my mighty men, just like David's mighty men in the Bible, and who have been called for such a time as this to do what they have been called to do. And he said, and this movement will be greater than the promise keepers movement. And, you know, as I've been traveling across the country, I've seen groups of men, sometimes three, four, sometimes 25, 35, uh, sometimes a whole room full of them that God has been speaking to, to call them together to, to pray and to call forth righteousness. Interestingly enough, you know, here, David, and his name is David, <laughs> like David's mighty men in the Bible, you know, has formed this group of men. Um, and what do, what do you call it, David? The mighty men. mighty men. Oh, he calls it the mighty men uh, group to pray for President Trump and so forth. And, and God is the one that is raising these men up. God is the one that's ordering this to happen. And the Lord said, and he gave me the scripture, and the women shall surround the men, which means with prayer. And so we as women have got to refuse that picture that the enemy is posing out there of men as being weak, willy-nilly, dumb, stupid, they don't know what they're doing, and all that kind of thing. And we've got to quit agreeing, you know, you know, I'm not going to go me too about nothing. You know, even if something happened to me, it's nobody's doggone business. You know, and I'm not going to destroy all men just because maybe something happened to me. And so, but I'm telling you, it's a plot from the enemy to try to destroy manhood. You know, he couldn't take a ball out in the Vietnam War, although God knows he tried. He hasn't taken them all out in the homosexual movement, but that's been another plot. And so now there's all of these other things beginning to take place. And the Lord said it's time to come out of agreement with that thing and to come into agreement with him, with the Lord, that these mighty men are out there and they're being raised up. And don't allow yourself, women, even to speak that way about your husbands, not even jokingly. You know, in Proverbs, it talks about how a woman tears down her own household with her words. And, and so whether it's your son, um, even somebody on TV, don't allow that to happen. I believe that, you know, just like last year was the 500th anniversary of the Reformation of, with Martin Luther, Martin Luther, I almost said Martin Luther King, <laughs> with Martin Luther, uh, that we're in a time of another Reformation right now. Uh, but it's a, a reformation of a different kind, that it's a reformation, you know, even politically and everything else. And, and we can come into agreement with that. And I believe God wants a reformation more than he wants a revival. Because, you know, even the term revive means to, to bring to a former state. I don't want to be to any former state I was in. And, and I'm telling you, it's time for us to come into a time of reformation or we're reformed to his image, <laughs> you know. 
And I remember that Lion King movie, Remember Who You Are. And we want to be able to look into our reflection and see that, that we're his, that we're the Lord's. And I feel like that the Lord said he has reset his plumb line in America for such a time as this. That, you know, and a plumb line is something that it, it establishes a wall so that, and interestingly, a wall, um, so that it doesn't fall down. Even a wall in your house. And, and our wall is the word of God. And that it's, it's a season for us of seeing that plumb line established with the word again. You know, even Hollywood unknowingly, unwittingly, is starting to do that by bringing forth all these things that have happened and saying this isn't right. They're not using the word to say it's not right, but they, you know, not like in a literal sense, but yet they're speaking it forth by saying that these things that are going on are not proper, that they're not right. And we are seeing things happen that God said was going to happen. We're seeing, just like Jesus said, there'll be wars, there'll be rumors of wars. Brother and sister will be turned against each other. Even people in our own nation were being turned against each other. But again, even in that, we've got to watch the words of our mouth. You know, I've seen people in our own church, you know, I'm part of Morningstar as well, and down in Charlotte who got angry and bitter and so forth over the whole election and just turned into like monsters, raging monsters, and left the church and one who quit being friends with me and so forth and the division that all of this has stirred up. But, you know, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus warned us, you know, that that he didn't uh, come to bring peace but a sword, and that there is going to be a battle between the righteous and the unrighteous. And so I believe that as we are seeing this happen, we can truly see this mighty move of God happen, begin to happen um, in the earth. But we've got to be believing the right sources. You know, there are a lot of people who are desperate, even for a prophetic word. And there's people that... Uh, I, I couldn't hardly believe this, but do you realize that there's 7 to 10 women and 6 to 10 men every day look at their zodiac, their horoscopes in the newspaper to try to find out what their future is? Well, the problem with that is uh, I looked up the stats on this, and those things are 95% wrong. 95% <laughs> wrong, but yet people are hanging their hat on it. That means only 5% of the time it accidentally comes to pass. And then there are people who look to the futurologists, which are those who forecast finances and all of that kind of thing, science and so forth. Well, that's all fine and well and good, and a lot of it, you know, um, they have some really intelligent people <laughs> that are working on this. But guess what? About 75% of that is wrong. So that means that 25% of the time, sometimes those things come to pass. But then you take a look at the Bible. You want to believe in something? Believe in what's right. And in the Bible, there are 735 predictions in there that were about the future. Well, guess what? 596 of those have already happened, 100%. And the rest that haven't yet happened is because it's still for the future. And there are 350 uh, prophecies in there about the return of Jesus. Well, as of two years ago, all but 20 of those predictions have come to pass. 
So there's probably even less than 20 predictions about the return of Jesus until he returns. And so the Bible should be the, the spot we go to for predictions about our future. <laughs> um, not science, not superstition, not uh, the stars or anything else, but the Word of God, because it's 100% correct. So we've just got to get our sights reset on, on what's true, what's honest and lovely and pure, as the Word of God says. We've got to get our minds reset on what's, what God tells us to set it upon. And we've got to quit receiving some of the things that we're hearing people say to us or about us or, or to us and about even our president. You know, I was sharing with the ladies yesterday that, um, like, you know, the enemy comes to me with thoughts sometimes. Like, even if I have a pain or something, oh, you're going to die. You got this wrong. You got that wrong. And one time how I was driving down the road and I was just fine. And all of a sudden this thought came at me and I was happy. Like, don't you wish you'd die? And I was like, no, don't you? <laughs> you know? And, um, and all of a sudden, you know, I just began to use the word against it. And I so love 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5 and 6. And it says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so I would just take and I'd lay my hands on my head and I would say, I mean, if my thoughts can talk to me, I can talk to my thoughts. Thoughts right now. I just cast down arguments. Some versions say imaginations because I don't know about you, but I can imagine a lot. I just cast down those imaginations. I just cast down those arguments. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And thoughts I bring every one of you into captivity to the obedience of Christ right now. And just such a peace, you know, comes over me when I do that. And, again, I just want to say to you, even if you have things from the past that haven't yet come to pass, just know you're closer to it. The Lord uh, kind of gave me the whole thing about back to the future. And he said that there are things from the past that we have been waiting for that God is about ready to bring up into this future that we're in and bring it to pass, the things that he's been preparing us for. And he gave me Deuteronomy 28.2. And he said, and these are the blessings that will overtake you. He says, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, stay straight on that path. Keep going forward. And those other blessings that you think you missed out on or you've been waiting on, they're going to come up from behind and overtake you and land in your hands. Don't try to turn around and go back. Don't try to, to reach back there. You know, forgetting that, that which is behind, press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so I believe, again, like I said, that even though this has been the place of broken dreams, it's about to become the place where dreams come true. I believe that some of you have been willing to settle for less, and God is saying, he made you better than that. And it's time to go for it, to go for those things that God has called you to. And I'm not trying to bring forth some kind of a, like a, Oh, make your Santa Claus list type of a thing or anything else. Listen, the reason that God will give to you the desires of your heart is because he places them in there. You know, and I'm talking about within reason, uh, in the realm of sanity, <laughs> just so you know. And, and to know that, that he's not a man that he should lie. And some things might have been just fallen apart 
in other situations. You may have been in another church where promises were made and so many wonderful things were going to happen and all of a sudden everything fell apart. You may have been in business with somebody and they messed you over. And so those promises of operating in kingdom finances never came to pass. Well, again, God's not a man that he should lie. You may have even been in a bad marriage where everything fell apart. But God's promises are still on your plate. It might be with different people, might be in a different place, in a different set of circumstances. But he did not forget you, and he definitely never lied to you. Those things are still going to come to pass. So it's time to pick those things back up again and run with them. And the only time things don't come to pass that God speaks to us is because we don't go for them. You know, Esther was even warned about that. Who knows whether you've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. But if you choose not to do this, we'll find somebody else. And, and so take a look at some of those things and, and stand up and begin to take a hold of them and to know that what God has called you to, he's going to give to you. He's going to bring it to pass. You do have a part to play in it, though. Um, you know, we can't just do nothing and expect something to happen. Again, faith without works is dead. And so, Lord, I just thank you for each and every one here, and I thank you for what you've called them to. And, Lord, we just, right now, um, we just, I feel like the Lord says to call to your remembrance those promises that you've been waiting on. And just like in a very literal sense, even reach out your hand and take a hold of them and pull them back to you. And, Lord, we just pull those promises back. We repent from not believing in them. We repent even from word cursing them. We break the power of those word curses. We spoke over those things. And we just speak life to them again. And God, if you show us what to do with those things, we will do it. We will do it now, Lord, in Jesus' name. And, and we just ask you um, for that holy restoration. And we trust you for it, that you have promised to us. You know, even through the prophetic word that came through this morning during worship, Lord. And, and we agree, you know, Satan may have power, but you are power, and you're the strongest power that there is. And so we just thank you for your restoration in this season. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You know, this is um, on the Jewish calendar. This year uh, ends in the number nine, just like ours does. And that number nine... Um, in Hebrew, or, or, you know, on the Jewish calendar, it means good, period. <laughs> like, you know what, this year is going to be good, period, so shut up and quit saying anything else. <laughs> and then nine is a number for birthing, harvest, and fruitfulness. And so, again, watching the words of our mouth, we've got to not be like the Israelites and miss out on our promised land because of our words. And so... So speak righteous words over the, even this year. And, you know, I'm, I'm not one for making some type of New Year's proclamations that I'm never going to fulfill. Um, but I, what I want to do is, you know, make New Year's prayers. <laughs> and so I just encourage you to put those prayers out there and write them down. And write down the vision that God gives to you. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 4 says, write the vision and make it plain that they may run who read it. And what he showed me is that if I would do this, here I'd be writing it down, he showed me angels hovering around me, and one of them saying to the other, hey, I can do that one. Hey, I, I bet you can do that one. 
And the other one said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that one. Hey, look at this. Could you do that one? And God's angels were getting busy. It sets things in motion for them to begin to happen. And, you know, again, just to mention Donald Trump, years ago he was asked um, by Oprah Winfrey, is it important to write your vision down and what's the difference between those who do and don't? And he says, oh, yes, it's absolutely important. Those who write it will fulfill it. Those who don't will not. <laughs> and, again, it's scriptural. God says, write the vision and make it plain so that they may run who read it. So I encourage you to write it down. You know, there are a lot of people that are even doing vision boards, <laughs> that kind of thing. That's not new agey. It's God. God says so that we can run who read it or who see it. And put those things up in front of you so that you'll, you will constantly be in remembrance of it. And you will see those things come to pass in this season. And just start speaking over this area. This is not the land of broken dreams. It's a land of dreams fulfilled. Amen.